This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Oh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Stop. You're too kind. Happy anniversary. Oh, really? You're embarrassing me. Oh, come on. Please, please, please. Oh, you're so nice. But really. Okay, it's done. Uh... When you hear that sounder, it can mean only one of two things. One, uh, the show, Dimland Radio, is celebrating another year of uh, not being listened to. (laughs) Or, uh, my wife and I have managed to get through another year of not being listened to. No, being married. Uh, And and, and, and it's the latter. Uh, Amy and I, just this past Thursday, celebrated our 21st wedding anniversary. Uh, we were married on, Jan- uh, oh no, what was it, October 13th, 2001. Astrologers, put your charts away. And it's been a pretty good ride so far. You know, it's, so, you know, we're still, I think I'm going to keep her. I think I'm going to, you know. But uh, And we celebrated by uh, getting together with the Minnesota Skeptics. <laughs> It just it just happens on that date, happens to fall every now and then on the second Thursday of the month, which is when the skeptics meet up, and uh, and it just happened to happen at that that time. Um, I should uh, mention something about that that meetup. <clears throat> we had a new person there, and I hope I didn't put him too off because, well, he's he's uh, former military. He's retired. He's younger than me. He's, he's retired. I said, "What do you do with your time?" And he does stuff, but you know, he, he's 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 able to uh, live pretty well off his pension, and that's great. And because you know, you serve your country in that manner, you should be able to get a pension and uh, and get uh, you know, the health care you need and all that. We did talk about some of that stuff about health care and insurance and how that's all you know screwed up in this damn country, but. Um, one of the things he mentioned, because he he's he, he you know he, he said, uh, well, what do you guys think of acupuncture? And I said, well, the science doesn't support it. It's uh, it doesn't matter if you put the needles in or where you put the needles in. It doesn't matter. It's the the results are no better than placebo. Well, he's a fellow that has the it worked for me. The personal experience. Personal experience is really tough yeah, to to deal with, um, you know, skeptically. You you 
you don't want to feel like you're being a jerk to the person because they believe their experience. They had their experience. You don't know what their experience was. You weren't there. So you can't... It, it's hard to just... Uh, you don't want to seem like you're just dismissing it out of hand. But uh, um, personal experience is not great evidence. Not It's great evidence for the person, you know, the one who had the experience. To them, it seems like it's great evidence. But... It's not great evidence for people outside of you uh, of that person. If they, if the, if the skeptic looking in saying, "Well, you know, it worked for me," and the skeptic may say, "How do you know it worked for you? How do you know that you just get, didn't get better on your own? How do you know?" See, that's the that's kind of the uh, the dilemma that a skeptic has, I guess. And I I I looked I I, I just I, I like I said. The evidence doesn't support that acupuncture actually works. And how, when I said it doesn't matter if you put the needles or where you put the needles, there's part of the, the um, I don't know, the mythology, uh, the, the, the procedure of acupuncture is that there are points on your body that, that you, you put the needles and they affect certain other things. And that's, that's you know, that's, that's the uh, quote-unquote science of acupuncture is because it's all, you know, mapped out. This ancient Chinese thing, which it's not really ancient. And it's not really. Um, like the, the actual putting in needles in people in, in certain areas, it's, it's, they may have had, like, I don't know, pressure point stuff that they did that goes back longer. But I, it, the needle thing is not all that ancient. Nevertheless, it doesn't matter where you put the needles. Um, studies have been done where they do sham acupuncture. They, they make it so that the needle that's being put in uh, to the person's skin uh, cannot be seen. See, there's a little, little sheath around the needle. So some of those, the needle doesn't penetrate the skin. Some of them, the, they, they do. But the person getting the acupuncture... And the person giving the acupuncture doesn't know if the needle's actually penetrating the skin. It might feel like it is. That's how the, the sham thing is set up. So it may seem like a needle's coming through. But it, it might not even be breaking the skin. So, and it doesn't matter, you know, well, according to this map of the human body where all these needles are supposed to be put, let's just put them anywhere and let's see what happens. So when they do these, these studies, and, 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 they've been, and I guess there's numerous of, uh, ones of them, they show that the, the pain-relieving effect, if that's what they're looking for, is no better than placebo. If they're testing for, for pain relief or something, there's no, it's, it's no better than placebo. And he said something that was a, a, a bit disturbing for any skeptic uh, to hear. It should be. Uh, battlefield acupuncture. Because, you know, <laughs> morphine. Why well, You wouldn't want to use the thing that actually works. The thing that's actually been shown to mitigate pain and, and do it quickly. You, you wouldn't want to, you know, use that. Let's use something where you put needles in someone's ear and that's supposed to stop the pain. And he's had it done. He says, it worked for me. You rub magnets on it. I said, oh, magnets. My God. I mean, how much more pseudoscience do you want to throw into this? Oh, you put magnets here and that's going to help. No, it, it, no, it's not. It's, you know, magnets will help hold paper onto your, on your refrigerator, your kid's drawing in your refrigerator. Magnets will help do that. 
uh, their magnets can work in I you know in in I don't know superconductors and things like that. But but it's 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 not it's not going to move your blood around. It's it's it, anyway. So I I looked up and I I didn't go. Uh, I started reading it. Um, it's an article that's on uh, science-based medicine, which is a website that's uh, a bunch of doctors, skeptical medical people, scientists uh, contribute to this blog. They've been doing so for many years. This particular article goes back to I think it's 2009. It's written by uh, David Gorsky, who is very verbose. His blog pieces are not short. <laughs> they go on. But I mean, he starts off his piece uh, uh, about battlefield uh, acupuncture by by playing a, like a scenario, a scene from a film or something, or scene from reality of some soldier who's been injured, uh, been wounded, and the medic comes up and starts putting needles in his ears, and the, and the soldier saying, "What the f are you doing? <laughs> Give me the morphine. <laughs> the morphine works." I'm not, you know, it's not exactly that scenario, but the morphine works. It's been shown to work. It works. It shuts down the pain. It doesn't stop the source of the pain. It doesn't do that. It just puts the person in in a in a position where they're relaxed, and 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 the medic can do more work on them without them fighting back because of pain. So that works. But putting needles, it just there's the studies that have been done. The good studies that have been done, double blind, uh, well controlled, well observed. Studies that have been done about acupuncture show that acupuncture doesn't work. It doesn't work any better than placebo. So, you know, take a water pill. <laughs> just, I don't know, take a sugar pill. Just, you know, it just, it's, it's not going to, take something homeopathic. It'll work just as well. So, of course, I didn't go through all that with the guy. It just, uh, just no, it's just, hmm. You know, he talked about, you know, the, he mentioned that, you know, well, the government says that these UFO things, you know, they're real. And said, well, they say that the videos are real, that they're authentic. They're not saying that whatever the object is is real. And then there was the, well, you know, you can't identify all of them. Now, there's this, you know, there are some that just they can't explain. Well, yeah, that's where, that's where all the phenomena lives. It lives in the little bit of, of the, of the, uh, uh, the, the unexplainable or unexplained as of yet, portion of the all the sightings, you know, like Bigfoot sightings and and you know Loch Ness monster sightings and UFO sightings and all that. The, there's a there's a small percentage that there isn't a ready explanation for what we're seeing. It doesn't mean there isn't an explanation, but that's where the phenomenon lives. It lives in that tiny little sliver. Just like the, uh, and this is something that uh, I, I know I've mentioned before, but this is something that Steve Novella on the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which is a really good podcast, good skeptical lessons in, on that podcast, it's really good, uh, when he talks about the phenomenon of you know UFO pictures. Uh, the phenomenon is the fuzzy picture. That's it. That's where it lives in the fuzzy picture, the blurry image, the blob, the little dot of light in the video. That's where it lives. Because if you could see a nice detailed image of that object, you would know what it was. And chances are, it's, you know, well, so far, every photograph where, or video where it's clear what we're seeing, it's never anything like an alien spacecraft or an interdimensional uh, a travel machine or some it's it's never anything like that it's always something 
prosaic. It's always something within the realm of reality. It's never something outlandish or crazy or uh, you know beyond physics or something. It's it's never that. It's never magic. It's always some some reasonable, understandable thing. Might be rare, but it's it's never anything magical. So you know, so that the uh, so those that believe in these things have to they, they have to hold tightly to that small percentage that hasn't been explained. Oh, well, what about these? Well, I don't know, and that's where you keep it until. And if and until there's 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 an, uh, evidence that can explain what that thing is, you just leave it in the I don't know what that was. I don't know. That's the answer. I don't know. But we can't, therefore, say anything more than that. We can't say because I don't know what that is. I can say that I do know what it is. It's a spaceship from another planet, or it's a Bigfoot. No, it, you you can't. You just say. I don't know what that is. It might be interesting. It might be emotionally compelling, but it's not scientifically valuable. And that's what skeptics, you know, kind of sit with. But, you know, and I hope that the fellow comes back and you get more chance to talk about things and stuff like that. He seems like a really nice guy. And I hope I wasn't too um, confrontational. <laughs> I don't try to be. And a lot of times when the skeptics get together, it's just we just talk about whatever. You know, we're not talking about skeptical type things. We just we just talk about you know sports or or bird watching or I don't know the latest movies or uh, things, uh, gossip, you know, things like that. You see, we skeptics, you know, we're like normal people. We're sort of like normal people. Uh, and, and I, I didn't mention this. What is this? Uh, this show is going to drop on what the, the today? Later today, it's going to come out. I, I record these on Saturday mornings from the basement of Nostalgia Zone, which is a comic book store in Minneapolis. If you collect comic books, check out our website. It's nostalgiazone.com. We have a good selection of Silver Age through Modern Age. We've got DC, Marvel, but we've got Harvey and Archies and. And all kinds of things. So you look it up. We even got some magazines like uh, like uh, Fangoria and uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland and Savage Sword of, of Conan, along with uh, Heavy Metal magazine and all kinds of stuff. We 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 just you know, just check out our website. You can become a member of our membership uh, for free. You'll save ten percent on your purchase initially, and then you'll earn points toward future purchases. Of comic books and magazines, of select items, the comic books and magazines. But if you're buying something like a trade book, which is just, well, you might get points on that too. Don't know, just whatever you <laughs> just check out our website. It's cool. I do the ad because I do this show from the basement, so why not, you know, plug the store? There, I did that. But this is October. I'm, we're already at, almost at the midway point. It's the October 15th today, and I haven't mentioned all the cool stuff about October. Uh, October has uh, has has the good change in weather where it, it you you're you've pretty much put behind the days of 80 degree temperatures you know in that range or certainly 90 degree temperatures uh, in September we had like a 90 degree day and the next day it was 60 degrees I mean it's it's crazy but in in October you get the, the leaf leaves changing colors on the trees not here up in Minnesota I should say 
you get all that going on it's like the air's a little crisper you get a little bit of rain and well like like yesterday morning you get some snow it can happen i mean actually gathered on the grass and on, in the trees on the rooftops there was snow uh the sidewalks and the streets were still a little too warm for the snow to start to to pile up on them but you, you, I woke up in the morning, look out, the, look out the back door from the kitchen, and I see the snow. I took pictures, and I said, "Yep, that's what happens." Uh, but by the, you know, that was like seven in the morning, and by seven o'clock at night, took another picture just before the sun went down, and I could see you know, all the snow's gone. It just, it just got warm enough that day, and snow all melted off. So we can have that happen, uh, and that could happen a couple of times before winter starts in earnest but right now the temperatures are i think they're a little cooler than they would normally be on an average october day but it's great october's great so you get the crisp air the leaves changing colors and falling and you go walk along and they crunch and all that and then then you've got you know my anniversary right that's a cool uh you know big deal that's for me personally but then there's also the baseball postseason, which, by the way, it's been very enjoyable. I, did, I didn't get to see any of the games from the wild card round, but I've been watching games, uh, and I'll have two games going on at once, uh, watching on uh, uh, in the uh, division series round that's going on now. And, of course, I'm rooting against the hated Yankees. I want the uh, Cleveland uh, Guardians to beat them. Uh, and I think they're up two games to one in that series right now, which the, the, the Cleveland is. So let's hope you know, one more win for Cleveland because the best of five series, if they manage to get another win, hated Yankees are sitting out again and yet another year where they don't win a World Series. And they need to go through like another 80 or 90 years without winning a World Series. So they understand that just because they're the Yankees, that they just don't get handed the trophy. They have to earn it. But they have to have some pain. 27 World Championships for that team is enough for a while. Let some other teams win the damn thing. And they've been doing that for a while. It's been, I see, I can't remember when the last time New York's won a World Series. It hasn't been that long, but it's been a while. So they need to keep losing. Uh, the, they need to have a competitive team and be interesting and keep beating the Twins. Ugh, they don't need to do that, but they just can't. They just fall down and beat them. It's just it's easy to beat the Twins, which is, that reminds me. The, 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 the new person that showed up for the, the, the skeptical thing asked, is there anything that, um, that, that you would, uh, you know, that, you're, that you know you should be skeptical of, but for some reason you're not? Well, I'll tell you what that thing is when I get back. <laughs> I've got up to my first break. Snuck up on me a lot quicker than I expected. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after this break.
You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up. Listen to Z-Talk Radio. Orange and lemon ring coats roll and tumble together just like food took from a tray. Pineapple wet heads watch new hairdos crumble as scenery sunlight shifts. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. That song that's coming out of break there is called Ballet for a Rainy Day. It's off of uh, uh, the album Skylarking, which came out, I think it was 1987, by the band XTC, which is my uh, just about my second favorite band. You know who my favorite band is. I'm not going to mention them, but you know who they are. Oh, that's another thing, though. <laughs> I will mention who they are. The Who. Uh... October also represents the anniversary of the uh, first time uh, I ever saw The Who in concert. That would be October 2nd, 1982. So it's been 40 years since I first saw The Who in concert and started this rest of my life love affair with that band. I don't know. Something about them. I don't know. It's just they struck a chord. (laughs) You know, music chord struck a chord with me. And they've always, they're still there. They're still my favorite. They're still, there's just something about them. It's hard to explain. I can't explain. I think it's love. Try to say it to you when I feel blue, but I can't explain. Anyway, also October uh, ends with Halloween. The best holiday of the year. It's just, it's just fun. Although, man, I tell you, I think our neighborhood is aging out. My wife and I, we used to get, you know, a hundred kids, 120 kids, trick-or-treaters coming through on the evening of Halloween. We used to get that many. And last year, I think we got 12, maybe 13, something like that. And it's just, I don't know if it's the post-pandemic, I, but I think maybe the neighborhood is just aging out. Just, there's not as many young kids in the neighborhood as there were when we moved in to that house 20, almost 22 years ago. That's right. We were living together before we got married. We were living in sin. Yes! Of course, I don't believe in sin because I don't believe in God and all that, which I'm going to get to a bit on this show as well. Um, but the one question that uh, the new person had asked us about, you know, is there something that you know you should be skeptical of, but but it's it's but you you just kind of aren't. And I said yes, sports. And I've said this often 
on this show. I says, I know this is coming from an emotional place. I know it's not being rational. But yeah, you know, I said, I, I said to him, I said, the very fact that the Minnesota Twins have, or it's not a fact. It's, you know, it just just seems as though they have pinstripe fever. And, and baseball pinstripe fever means you're terrified of the hated Yankees. The team is terrified of the hated Yankees. The, t- the team falls over themselves to, to, to bumbles, no matter how good of a team it is, whenever they face the hated Yankees, there's something about the Yankees' pinstripes. Now, there are other teams that have pinstripes in their uniforms. The Twins have pinstripes in their uniforms, you know, in, in one or two of them. They have, all, you know, they have all kinds of styles of uniforms now so that they can sell merchandise to the fans. So let's, let's come up with a new jersey so that they can sell... You know, uh, jerseys to the fans. But anyway, <clears throat> it just, you know, the, I mean, pinstripe fever can't really be a thing. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. But you know what? I've talked about it. The last 20 years, for the last 20 years, the Minnesota Twins have been dog shit against the hated Yankees. Sure, they beat them twice this season. This was a good season for the Twins. They, they only lost five of the seven games they played against the hated Yankees. That's an improvement because usually they lose six of the seven games they play if they play seven games or six or five of the six games they play. They, they might win one game, but they, they but then there are some years where they don't win any of them and they always play the Yankees at least six or seven games a season. Although that, although that I guess that is changing next season, they might only play the Hayden Yankees three or four times. So, anyway. <clears throat> And I don't, I don't have the exact number, except for the number of wins. I do remember that the number of wins that the Twins have against the hated Yankees over the last 20 years is 14. And the number of losses to them is like 130 or something. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So, yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, 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 th- there's different teams. It's different players. There's been different managers. And somehow the results always end up the same. How is it that one team can be so dominated? I don't understand it. I mean, it's I just don't understand it. And and the 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 new person there said, well, you know, you got some empirical evidence on your side. That at least the results of these games. I said, I know, but it's just it's it's weird. It's weird how this happens. How do they, there are years where the Yankees don't have a great team? A decent team. They're always usually pretty good. You know, there's, there's there's been stretches where they haven't been great, but you know they've got all the money, so they can get all the players, and so they they're usually pretty good. They're usually at least as they say, you know, the 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 best thing you can say about a team that might not be a really good winning team, may not have winning records, but they're competitive. That they're they're in the games that they play. They might have a losing record, but they're only losing by one run or something. They're really tight games, but for some reason they always end up on the losing end instead of managing to win more of those games. They're competitive. Well, the Yankees have almost always had a competitive team. So, so yeah, there's that. So we're in the postseason. The World Series is coming. Uh, it probably will spill over into November. But uh, and then you got ha- Halloween at the end of the month. I mean, October is just just fabulous, and we're already halfway through the damn month. Ugh, I tell you. What else did I have? Oh, uh, this is good news. This is interesting news. I don't know uh, 
how uh, lasting of an effect this might have. You know, the one one of the things that was great about the internet is connecting all of us. We get to start meeting people that are in different parts of the world. You know, uh, I've got, uh, for instance, I've got a couple of friends that, uh, you know, one's out in California and one's in Australia. I've mentioned these guys before, um, where they don't experience winters. Not the way we experience winters here in the upper Midwest. They don't experience them that way. They, they don't have snow. Oh, sure, you, know, you can go up to Lake Tahoe and you can see snow. Lots of it, too. I mean, tons of snow. I mean, 50-inch snowfalls, which is crazy to me. It's insane to me. They have like 20 feet of snow up in the mountains over the course of a winter. And that's just, that's nuts. How do, and people that live in towns that are up there, how do they, I don't know how they do it, but they do it. They've adapted. They've got the equipment to take care of this stuff, to clear out the roads and to take care of themselves. They manage. Anyway, but for the most part, people in California, eh, they don't, they don't get winter. In Australia, the same thing. They don't get winter. So when I send them video of, uh, of, of me walking on a frozen lake, they're just, a, they're just stunned. When I sent them the picture from, from Thursday morning of the snow on the ground, so, well, guys, look at that. We woke up to this morning. They're just like, that can't be real. Is that, what the hell? And then I showed them the picture from 12 hours later where all the snow's gone, and they said, you Photoshopped that. No, no, no. I'm on the level. That's what's happened. That's what happens. So you, you, you have this thing about the Internet where you connect with people around the world. You can, you, you can see the world. Uh, you get a bigger picture of the planet than you might do without the internet. But that's all, but that the, the flip side of that coin is that like you know you, you, the, the good side is like-minded people find each other. You know like skeptics. We found each other through the internet. I found out about the Minnesota Skeptics Group through the internet. I found out about the meetups through the internet and I started hanging out there and I've gotten two I mean I considered them to be, you know, the people there to be friends, but I've got two of the fellas there are friends, guys that I'll hang out with outside of the uh, uh, the skeptics meetups, or will communicate with that's outside of the skepticism thing. It's just, you know, hanging, you know, talking and sharing interests and talking, chatting on the phone or, uh, you know, FaceTiming and things like that, just because I like these guys and apparently they like me. So that's cool. You know, this is that's the that's the that's the good side of that coin. But the the bad side of that coin is, you find like-minded people. So if you're a flat earther, and you thought you were alone in that, you find a bunch of other flat earthers, which those people are wrong. Let's just put it; they're just wrong. The Earth is not flat. Why does Australia? When you go to Australia and you look at the moon, why does the moon appear upside down when you're in, a, in Australia? Why? If the Earth was flat, why would it look? Well, because they'll come up with some hand-waving thing. But no, how about it's just simpler that the Earth is round. The Earth is a globe. How about just, that's the simpler explanation. Covers all the bases of all this stuff. Which I'll, uh, you know, uh, which I'll touch on when I talk, when I, I get into some other topic I'm going to get to. But, okay. But because the Internet connects like-minded people, we're seeing uh, a stronger foothold of the conspiracy theory uh, type uh, or, or a, a more of a proliferation of this conspiracy theory. You know, we used to have that uncle that believed strange things or would talk about strange things or that cousin that was a little off or that there there was a guy in town if you lived in a smaller town there was a, there was a person in town you know, oh, stay away from her she's a, she's a little you know, well these people all found each other 
and, and so now they're starting to become a force a force for bad <laughs> because they think they're doing good because you know and i'm not i'm not saying they're evil because you know, i'm not sure about the whole evil thing but evil people don't think they're doing what they're doing is evil hitler didn't think he was evil he thought he was doing the right thing but okay not that i i, I don't know evil is a weird concept for me but still and i'm not saying the people that are that believe that the earth is flat are evil they're just wrong and sometimes that wrongness leads to bad things yeah i don't know marjorie taylor green comes to mind the Trump presidency comes to mind. You know, there's QAnon out there. There's all this stuff. And then you have one of the ringleaders of the conspiracy world, Alex Jones. Now, I've mentioned him a while back where Alex Jones got hit with a, with a very sizable uh, uh, penalty in the courts for his lying about the Sandy Hook uh, um, uh, shooting, mass shooting event that took place. Jeez, how many years ago is it now? where 20 kids were killed, and I think six adults were killed, because some nut thought it would be a good idea to take his guns into the school and start shooting people. So the latest news is that he's been hit again with a, with a, with a separate uh, uh, court. That, that first one was in Texas, and this one I believe is in Connecticut. And he's been hit with a, uh, uh, with a decision from the jury in a, in a penalty... I don't know what they call uh, fine or whatever they call it, of six, no, $965 million. It's nearly a billion dollars. With You combine it with the Texas decision, he's had a billion dollars of, 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 of a penalty. Again, I can't think of the right word. There's got to be a better word for it. Against him because of his lying about Sandy Hook. Claiming that none of the kids even probably even existed, they they weren't killed. The families are all crisis actors, and and this led to those families being harassed and threatened by that the the people that found each other, the like-minded people who found each other on the internet, and found a way to be able to get after people through the internet. Found them. Yes. Oh, I know where this person lives, so now I can start threatening them and doing all this shit because I think they're evil. <sighs> So he's been hit with that. Will he end up having to pay all that money? Will he be able to pay all that money? I don't know. I've got an article. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read the the, the like the end part of it. You know, because he's his his organization, Alex Jones himself, and his organization, the uh, Infowars kind of thing, the, the declared bankruptcy a, a while ago, and it's it's going to be you know it's going to be in the courts for a while. But um, this article that's on NPR by Becky Sullivan. Uh, sums up a bit. Uh, it says, Meanwhile, Alex Jones and Infowars are still doing business. Jones broadcasts often and frequently asks viewers for donations or purchases. And the company's uh, business has picked up this year. In a court filing in August in the bankruptcy case, lawyers of free speech systems, that's something that, that, that uh, Alex Jones owns, or that's one of his things, free speech systems, said they had experienced a surge in sales and estimated revenue could reach a level of $450,000 per day, far higher than the company had originally estimated when filing for bankruptcy earlier this year. There's a catch. Jones's ability to pay such large sums depends on him continuing his lucrative conspiracy theory business. Uh, they quote somebody named uh, Nicholas uh, Kafroth, he's a Los Angeles-based bankruptcy attorney. Um, 
they quote him as saying, if Alex Jones just stops broadcasting, the value of free speech systems immediately plummets. You know, that's what he says. And then the uh, um, uh, Becky Sullivan continues, on the other hand, he said, or, or she's quoting, uh, she's paraphrasing this fellow guy, it's possible the families could find satisfaction in precisely that outcome, that they stop broadcasting, that they stop doing their thing. So there's always going to be another Alex Jones. There's always going to be another conspiracy crazy kook that'll take to the Internet. There's, prob- there's other people out there right now, I'm sure. There's, con- there's QAnon. So if you're asking what's the harm in believing conspiracy theories, well... <laughs> Ask Alex Jones what this, the harm is. He'll tell you. Where am I at? Where am I at? What's my time schedule? Oh, God. I closed my book here. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to rattle paper. Oh, that's a bad thing to do. Oh, rattling paper, I'm telling you. Oh, I should go to break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'll see if I can cram everything in to my last segment of the show. Let's see what I do. You're listening. Uh, uh, this is your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Oh Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Doctor Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. The Earth is only six thousand years old. That's what Answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum say, and how can a museum be wrong? Isn't Dr. Oz just wonderful? I loved today's episode. It didn't talk down to his adoring audience of women at all. Science has proved that the subatomic quantum realm is as real as it is counterintuitive and bizarre. Therefore, I can use it to support quantum healing and quantum consciousness. After all, how can journals like Aquarius Metaphysics be wrong? Evolution is just a theory. After all, if we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? We all have friends and family who believe these things and much more. Well, if you're a rational thinker who is tired of arguing on social media and never getting anywhere, we have a solution for you. Join the Guerrilla Skepticism and Wikipedia team and we will teach you how to add reliable scientific and skeptical information to the world's number one source of information, Wikipedia. We write new articles and improve existing ones. We remove pseudoscience, paranormal, and alt-med claims substituting the actual facts. And we operate in many languages. We've already reached tens of millions of people searching for information, but, as you can imagine, we can never do enough. So please, join us. All you need is a PC and the desire to help educate the planet. In fact, you'll be educating the world while you sleep. Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com. Guerrilla skepticism. The time is now. Music by purpleplanet.com. You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Hello, hello. 
This is Monkey Ranch. Come in. Calling Bunny Hutch headquarters. Tell Spooky Greyhounds to dust up creepy dead eye. Tell Mr. Negative to check on the shark bait. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, uh, I say uh, at the top of the show, I don't say it here, but I am not really a doctor. I really am not. And I only play doctor online. So, you know, but anyway, <clears throat> I only have a nickname, Dr. Dim. It's, it doesn't make me a doctor. I don't even have a PhD. So, you know, I, I don't even have a technical, you know, a real college. I mean, I went to art school. Come on. Okay, uh, this God stuff. I, I, you know, I was raised Catholic, and I was a believer for I think still m- most of my life. At this point, most of my life, I haven't, I haven't been uh, realized I was an atheist. Uh, I was in my probably forty-ish when I realized that I was. Well, I, well I'm an atheist. I can't. I, I just can't believe any of this stuff. This is just. It, it don't make no sense. It's. It, it's just. It's just. It's. 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 I hate to say childish, but it's. It is kind of childish. Really, you believe this? Really, you know. But there are intelligent people who believe this stuff. There are. You know. I've met priests that seem like they're decent, intelligent men, and they believe it. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I just look at it like I, you're, you're kind of you know you're kind of committed. I mean, you're there. You are. You're a priest. You sort of have to. You've got a vested interest in this stuff being true. Yeah, but you don't know how you know. I don't know. You know. But how do you know Zeus isn't real? You don't believe in Zeus, do you? Oh no. Well, how do you know? Maybe Zeus is real. Anyway. <laughs> I shouldn't be too dismissive. It's it's strange. So I bring this up because a little while ago, and I and I posted about this on my Facebook page, and I'll put this little thing up on my show notes page, which you can get to by going to dimland.com. Click on the show notes slash blog option. You'll get to the show notes. I'm to try. I've been trying to get those out earlier than I've been doing lately, uh, but it's you know stuff is happening, and even though I've given up the janitor job, which I finally and finally, you know, I, I, I last uh, Wednesday night I met the supervisor at the building that I used to clean, uh, and it was just done once a month, and I was the only person who ever cleaned it, so the supervisor didn't know the building, didn't know, it. so I had to meet him, go over the alarm stuff with him, go through what I do, where to keep the equipment, what needs to get done, the little hints and pieces that that I learned over the years of what, you know what they like done and whatever. So I'm finally done with that. The only thing that I'll do is I'll get a, I'll probably get a text once in a while from the boss saying, "Hey, can you come on into the office and, and fix up a vacuum? We got a vacuum cleaner down; it's not working. Can you come in and see if you can fix it?" That kind of, that's that's it. So anyway, uh, so I'm finally done there. <laughs> Uh, and it's, so if you check out my show notes at dimland.com, you'll see the pictures I'm, I'm talking about here. And it's it's somebody that it's a Facebook friend of mine. It's somebody that I've actually known since grade school. And it wasn't something this person did. They just shared the pictures. 
but it was a commenter that brought God into it. And it was, the person shares two pictures of, uh, I believe it's sun, you know, sundown, the sun, the, the, uh, just a beautiful sunset. And you use two pictures, really nice looking. I'm sure that the pictures pale in comparison to actually seeing it with your own eyes, because that sometimes it's hard to really capture it in, 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 in a, the feel of a of a of a sunset uh, when you see it in person as opposed to seeing it in the photograph. Really good photographers can do that. My friend Craig could probably do that. But anyway, um, it's just they're pretty good pictures, and you get the, you know you get that. Uh, the golds and reds and oranges and all that kind of stuff with a little hint of the with, a, with some of the blue sky still there because the sun's just making its way down and you used to have that kind of, that 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 you know the atmosphere conditions were just so the angle of the sun uh, or the, the 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 position of the earth relative to the sun was just so so that you get that that really colorful sunset right it's beautiful and somebody had, in, in all caps, wrote, God. Now, I don't know if they were, if it was an exclamation, God, that's great. I don't know if it was that, or if it was, this is God's doing. Which, somehow, I think it's the second. I, th I think it's the, this is God's doing. Really? It's like, that's what you see. I even said that, really, this is what you think, you, you think God when you see a sunset, because of the, the the relative position of the Earth to the Sun, you think that you think of God. That that's it's just the, the angle of the of 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 the, of the atmosphere, where the Sun is, where the Earth is turned. You know, all that combines with the proper atmospheric conditions to become a, a golden red and yellow uh, uh, sunset that you you think God. Like God made that. You know, these God's responsible for that. Okay, now flat earthers, listen closely here. The the thing is, I, I would ask the believers who would look at that and think God. Oh, before I get to that, uh, Pendulette has this story that he tells on on his podcast. He's mentioned it a couple of times. Where where it's the sunset thing. He and his wife were coming out of a theater or something like that at a certain time in the evening, and they had to they could see this view. Of the sunset and it was this golden beautiful sunset looked great and everything just this awe-inspiring and these colors and that you know what if we were a society that found uh, ashen gray skies to be beautiful <laughs> and we found uh, a golden sunset to be ominous and scary what if we were you know it's just it's what if that was our aesthetic what if that was how we thought about it you know, a nice overcast sky, ashen gray, battleship gray skies with clouds, lumpy clouds. It's like that. Oh, look how beautiful that is. What What if that was how we looked at things? And then you see a golden sunset and you think, I don't know, bad things on the horizon. Anyway. So Penn and his wife walk out there. And, and other people were walking out of the same place. I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Could have been a restaurant. Could have been, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a church. Anyway, so because Ben and, and his wife are both atheists. So they walk out. And this other group of people, they're walking out to him. One of this other groups looks at that sunset and says, I think what it, what it is was uh, uh, no one can look at that beautiful sunset and say there is no God. And on cue, in unison, 
both Penn and his wife stop, look at the sunset, and declare, there is no God. Just, you know. So, okay, as I said, flat earthers and, you know, God, sunsets mean God, people. Realize this. That sunset that you're looking at. Remember how I said, it's the, it's, it, the sun's position, you know, or the earth's position, actually, relative to the sun. You know, it's because the Earth turns on its on its orbit, right? It's going around its axis because because it's a globe. It's a sphere, a little wider around the middle, but still it's a sphere, and it turns on its axis. That's why we have night and day. And as it's turning on its axis, and the sun appears to be lowering the sky. The sun is it's the Earth that's moving, not the sun. Ah, well, the sun's moving too, but yeah, it, it, whatever. So. As that's happening, you get that 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 position of the sun and the earth, how we're turned, specific uh, atmosphere conditions, and you get those golden reds and and oranges and all that. You get that in the sky. At that same time, you know, but this is the sunset, right? If you if you if you go straight west, you head toward that sunset. And you go, I don't know how many miles you need to go, but you head thousands of miles, so you go that way, you're going to get to a part of the, of the planet where it's noon or the noon hour, and the sun's going to be as high in the sky as it's going to be that day. And let's say you find the place, and the sky's clear, and the sun's up there. Are you saying God about the sky, about the sun being up there, the little white light? That's that's you don't look at because you know hurt your eyes. But if you glance up there, are you are you saying God is? Are you inspired by God because you're at the exact same moment? It's just you're in a different position on the planet. How how often do you walk around at noon and consider the sun? How you, you might do if it's the middle of summer and it's really freaking hot. Sure, you consider the sun, but you're not thinking of it as God. You know, I'm not saying you're worshiping the sun. You're not thinking that this is this is this wonderful thing that God's done for us. He's he, he makes a painting at night on certain nights when when the sun's setting, or in the morning if you're up early enough, you can see oh, a beautiful painting in the morning. But again, you go far enough east, that sun is sitting at in the noon hour somewhere on the planet, and it's unremarkable at that same moment. So anyway, <clears throat> I, uh, you know, it, I, I mentioned Penn Jillette, and he's an atheist. And Penn would say, and often does say, if you want to make someone an atheist, have them read the goddamn Bible. He usually throws goddamn in there. But have them read the Bible. Read the Bible. Really read it. And chances are pretty good you're going to become an atheist. At least that's what Penn thinks. Now I read the New Testament, beginning to end. I read the uh, the Good News version of it. I don't know how many years ago it was. Still living at home with my parents, so you know it's probably you know ten years ago. But anyway, uh, you know I've been out longer than that, uh, but not much. Anyway, uh, I was you know uh, reading it, yeah, you know, going through stuff. I mean the Revelations part at the end, nuts. That stuff's nuts. That guy was on on something. 
whoever it was, or a group of people that wrote that bit, you know, which they certainly, you know, they were a group of people that lived in a part of the world at a part of the time in our in our history where people who lived in that part of the world didn't know that Australia existed, that there was Antarctica, that there was a North Pole, that the Americas were there. Oh, they might have had this vague language in, in, in the Bible somewhere that hints at some lands over there. And they say, well, that's where, that's, that's the Americas. R really? Is it? You know, it, it, if the Bible had talked specific language, I mean specific language, at a time period where they couldn't possibly know about, you know, kangaroos, then maybe you'd think, that's interesting. But the Bible doesn't mention kangaroos, mentions dragons, but uh, unicorns, but it doesn't mention kangaroos, platypuses, doesn't mention them. American bison, never heard of them. That's if you had something like that in the Bible, that there's no way the people at the time could know it. Then you'd say, well, God would. I mean, they would say that God would know that, but see, it seems the things that were written in the Bible were the things that the people knew. They'd, they never had this information given to them. You know, that's sort of the thing, but, you know, when aliens abduct people and they warn them about, you know, something, right, and the people come back with their message that the warning from the aliens, it's all the things that the people know about at the time. It's not some future thing. It's not something that we don't know about yet, where scientists say, wait a minute, what, what are they saying is going to happen? And they look and they check their evidence that they hadn't thought about it before, and they look it up and say, holy shit, this is right. This could happen. That doesn't happen. It's always, you know, hey, you guys should, you know, settle down with those nuclear weapons. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, we, we kind of knew that already, didn't we? So anyway, you read the Bible, become an atheist. Well... I read the New Testament. It didn't make me an atheist right away, but it did have a section in there that that might have just put a little seed, just put a little something on the shelf that was just sitting there for a while until other things informed me and I realized I was an atheist. And it's it's from it's from the Gospel of Mark. Uh, chapter 11, verses 12 through 25. Now, part of this will be familiar to you. You may be familiar with the other stuff if you're familiar with the Bible, or if you've listened to me, because I think I've mentioned this before. But here's this is from the, 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 the Good News translation, the, the version that I read as a younger person. And when I read this, I thought, I'm... Huh? <clears throat> I don't know what was going on before this, but there's a reference to, to it. Uh, when we start at, uh, at verse 12. It says, uh, The next day, as they were coming back from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He saw in the distance a fig tree covered with leaves, so he went to see if he could find any figs on it. But when he came to it, he found only leaves, because it was not the right time for figs. Jesus said to the fig tree, No one shall ever eat figs from you again. And, the, and, the, and his disciples heard him. Okay, this is the part everybody knows about. That, that part right there, that didn't get talked about in Sunday school. In my religion classes on Saturdays. 
you know, when we moved to the to, from the neighborhood that we had been in, and we moved into the, where my dad lives now, uh, when we moved there in nineteen in the summer of nineteen seventy three, my parents said, "Okay, you guys can go to public school if you want. Do you want to go to public school?" Because we were going to Catholic school beforehand. My po folks were probably thinking, "You know, public school. You know, <laughs> we're not going to have to pay any kind of tuition." You know, and the, all of us kids said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to go to public school. Public school. Okay." But the thing is, if you go to public school, you have to go to what's called CD, CCC, CCD classes. I forget what that stands for, but they're religious classes. And you know when they were having them? You know when they had religious classes? They had them on Saturday mornings. And we're like, oh, shit. you got to be kidding. During the Saturday morning cartoons? I mean, kids today, you don't understand how important that was. Because you can get them any time now. But in, when I was a kid, Saturday mornings was important. There were specials on, on like the Friday, the week before the the uh, uh, the, the Saturday morning's new lineup of kids shows were going to come up, that the networks would have a, a special show to preview all the new ones that are coming up on Saturday mornings. It was a big deal. So now we got to go, religion classes on Saturday mornings? Oh, there is no God! No, I, I didn't say that then. But I, so, so I didn't hear that part about the fig tree, but we heard this part, which is coming up. I will continue with what the Bible says. <clears throat> when they arrived in Jerusalem, Jesus went to the temple and began to drive out all those who were buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the stools of those who sold pigeons. I guess pigeons were big in those days. And he would not let anyone carry anything through the temple courtyards. He then taught the people, It is written in the scriptures that God said, My temple will be called a house of prayer for the people of all nations, but you have turned it into a hideout for thieves. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard of this, so they began looking for some way to kill Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> you're cutting into our, our money there, Jesus. They were afraid of him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples left the city. Early next morning, as they walked along the road, they saw a, the fig tree. It was dead all the way down to its roots. Peter remembered what had happened and said to Jesus, Look, teacher, the fig tree you cursed has died. Jesus answered them, have faith in God. I assure you that whoever tells this hill to get up and throw itself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Yeah, sure. For this reason, I tell you, when you pray and ask for something, believe that you have received it, and you will be given whatever you ask for. And when you stand and pray, forgive anything you may have against anyone, so that your Father in heaven will forgive the wrongs you have done. And fuck that tree! <laughs> I wanted fruit! And the guy, you know, Peter said, what Jesus? It was out of season! You can't expect there to be fruit on it! You shouldn't get mad at a tree for doing what 
God designed it to do. Your dad said you'll have certain times of the year where you'll have fruit and certain times of the year where you won't have fruit. My son should know about that and shouldn't get so upset with you for following my plan. But no, Jesus is pissed at it because he was hungry and he said there should be figs on it. But Jesus, you fed the multitude with loaves and fishes. Why couldn't you just make the tree pop out some figs? Now, I said that at the moment that I had read that, I, I stopped and said, huh, you know, I heard about the, the temple thing, running off the money changers and, you know, the, the merchants and all that. I, I heard about that. But he got mad at a tree? I, uh, that might have, that might have put a little acorn of atheism using the tree analogy, that, that, that's, that's, that grew into this great oak. I, I don't know. My metaphors suck. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. What doesn't suck is I've gotten to the end of another show. <laughs> You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Um, you know, do the things you need to do to stay healthy and keep other people healthy and happy and do the best you can. And uh, remember, uh, this is your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, uh, reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. My life, you're clever, Dim. It's certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm going well, to hell. Well, hell.